AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for July 25th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Shout out. To PW Elite Fan 99 with the 99.99 super chat already before we even get the festivities and the celebration underway. Thank you so much, brother. We will read all the super chats at the end of the show. I mentioned on Sunday night. When we were live with Off The Script, episode 437, if you guys missed last night's show, go and check it out. Probably the best podcast I did all year. Probably the most important podcast that I did all year. I said, don't expect change right away. Don't expect change right away. It's going to take a little bit of time to really drain the swamp the poison that has infested WWE over the last 40 years. Don't expect change right away. We all woke up on Friday morning and Vince McMahon was gone. Vince McMahon retired. Good riddance. I hold nothing back. I don't regret anything I said about Vince McMahon. Fuck Vince McMahon. He's here. And he created all this. And we do what we do because of Vince McMahon. Yes, I heard it all. But fuck Vince McMahon. And especially after after today, nearly $15 million that was not accounted for. Not out of Vince McMahon's pocket. And actually company money that they found. And I'll go over the report today. That is going to nail Vince McMahon and get him into, I don't think, a situation he's going to be able to get out of. He may be looking at jail time for what they found today via the Wall Street Journal. Friday, Vince McMahon was gone. Monday, we wake up today and Bruce Prichard has been removed from head of creative All aspects of creative are now in the hands of Paul Levesque. Triple H is now head of creative for Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. I am still wondering what is going to happen with Tuesday night because we all know Bruce Prichard was in charge of NXT. He was the man that everybody answered to in NXT. Now, I would assume that Triple H will have a say in what happens there. 
I assume Triple H will have Shawn Michaels now completely run NXT, and I'm going to be very curious to see how different NXT is now that Bruce is removed from the creative aspect on Tuesday night. Are we going to go back to what we felt during NXT Black and Gold? Are we going to get something that resembles NXT Black and Gold just a little bit on Tuesday night? That is tomorrow, and we'll worry about that tomorrow. But it did cross my mind today with the news. Paul Levesque was named head of creative in an official statement from World Wrestling Entertainment. They said, and I quote, WWE and its board of directors today announced the appointment of Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co-chief executive officers. Miss McMahon has also been appointed chairwoman of the board and Mr. Khan will continue to serve as a member of the board. These appointments follow Vince McMahon's retirement announcement on Friday, July 22nd. We are grateful for the opportunity to lead WWE together with our unmatched management team, said Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan. We recognize this as a tremendous opportunity and responsibility, and we look forward to serving the WWE universe. We all knew that coming into this morning. The head of the snake has been cut off. Vince McMahon is gone. Now our target was on Bruce Pritchard. Additionally, WWE executive Paul Levesque will assume all responsibilities related to WWE's creative team in addition to his regular duties as head of talent relations. This is the second greatest day in WWE history. I don't care what these men have done in the past. The past is the past. We appreciate the past. We will always go and fill our fucking void of the past. Now it is time we look forward to the future. This company and this brand creatively have been absolutely dreadful for the longest time. And now true change is on the horizon. This is why I say... This is the greatest day and the second greatest day in WWE history because nobody, nobody expected this day to come as soon as it did in all of WWE. I don't even think Triple H expected this day to come. So with this news, Triple H is now leading Monday night and Friday night. You all know, every single one of you know what the black and gold meant to me. Every aspect of the black and gold was perfect. Everything about it, the presentation, the entirety of what they did as far as television and takeover, the commentary team, the way that they built superstars, the feuds that they did, the rematches that we never seen like we see on Monday night and Friday night. The video packages and the cultivating of young talents. Everything about it was perfect. I said this for years. Everything that happened down there should have been the way. Triple H was cultivating a brand that was and should have been the future of the company. Everybody wants to claim I seen some fucking bad eggs online today. Oh, well. Nobody wants to see Triple H run the main roster like NXT. 
you should want to see Triple H run the main roster like NXT because NXT was the WWE's best thing going for the time that it was around before they fucking killed it. Triple H did so much to give the fans hope of a better future. And then they wiped his legacy away. They burned his fucking house down and they didn't give a single fucking shit. Wiped his legacy away, fucking killed his brand, fired his whole team, fired his roster, made him look like a fucking incompetent fool. Meanwhile, we all knew, the smart ones knew, the day oneers knew that what he did down there should have been the way. Then we got NXT 2.0, all the bullshit that you hear, right? Oh, it was Triple H's idea to do 2.0. William Regal's out there saying, it was always in the plans to do 2.0. Fuck off. Absolutely was not. I don't believe that for a single solitary fucking second. 2.0 came about because they couldn't cut it against AEW, and they needed somebody to blame. And they blamed Triple H and everybody that was associated with Triple H. It was the plan all along. Give me a fucking break. There wasn't one fucking thing wrong with NXT. Not one. There wasn't anything wrong with it that you needed to fucking kill the whole brand. They wanted to punish him, and that's what they did. So now we come to today. The greatest comeback story in the history of this company. Triple H. Triple H fucking near death. Nobody expected him to come back. Vince McMahon gets himself into hot water. Probably on his way to fucking prison, if all things go correctly. His son-in-law and his daughter now are king and queen of WWE. Absolutely perfect. If you're not happy with this move, or I should say, if you are one of those fucking irrelevant geeks out there that claim that this is wrong and we need to bow down to Vince McMahon and give Vince McMahon praise, the fuck out. The fuck out. The fuck are you talking about, man? We waited for this day for fucking decades, and now it's here. Now you want to complain that we need to thank Vince McMahon? Fuck Vince McMahon. The fuck do I care? He did what he did. Great. I thank him. Goodbye. Now it's time for a new regime. Now it's time for change. It's almost as if these people wanted Vince McMahon to remain in there for another 20 years. Everybody expects change. I expect change. You expect change. Everybody expects change. You're not going to see change immediately. I said, give it six to 12 months. Easy. Easy. You are not going to see change tonight. Why did anybody expect change? I said this on Sunday night. Why are you expecting change on night one? None of us realized what the fuck was going on coming out of that podcast on Sunday night. Nobody knew that Triple H was going to be appointed out of creative. Nobody. I was thinking ahead of everything else. This is what needs to be done. This needs to be here and he needs to be over here and Stephanie needs to do this and Triple H needs to go over here. We were talking about where the proper pieces of the puzzle need to be. So so now with him in there, now things are a little bit more clear. Bruce is gone. He's not fired, not yet, hopefully, hopefully soon. But Bruce now is answering to Paul Levesque. And Triple H is answering to Stephanie McMahon, which is going to be a power couple, and they are going to do what's best for business. 
Nobody should be expecting change. The reason why you are not expecting change on night one is because, A, this show was probably already in the can before Triple H even took over. I don't know how much he could have did on the afternoon of this morning or on the afternoon or this morning to get ready for Monday Night Raw. I don't know what you expect of him on the day of the show. Number two, SummerSlam was already booked and ready to go this Saturday. The fucking cookies were in the oven already. All they needed to do was take out the cookies. That's it. They were, they were pretty much baked and ready to go and to be served. So what do you expect Triple H to do on a go-home show right before SummerSlam? If you expect to change tonight, you're a fool. But change is coming. And change was felt tonight. Little things here and there, you felt change. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I watched tonight's show, I went into it with excitement. I went into it with excitement, not for Monday Night Raw, but for the hope of potential change. That's where my excitement came from. You felt it in the air. It was a different vibe. The show was mid. The show was a run-of-the-mill, ordinary Monday Night Raw with a sprinkle of, oh, wow, I see what they did there. Vince McMahon wouldn't have did that. Oh, I see what they did. They're watching TV in the back like normal fucking human beings. Oh, I see what they did there. I'm seeing the continuity that Triple H was known for in NXT. Oh, I see what Triple H is doing. We got longer matches tonight. We got pro wrestling tonight. On top of the sports entertainment bullshit. It was a very run-of-the-mill episode. But it was a run-of-the-mill episode that I watched with clearer eyes. I watched with clearer eyes because Vince McMahon's not there anymore. Bruce Pritchard's not in control anymore. So I am going into it with a little bit of optimism. That's new, and that's exciting. It's amazing what a little bit of optimism is going to do for a lot of people watching this show. Now, if this was Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, I would have been ready to go, all fucking guns blazing, ready to shit on this fucking show, because you know what you were going to get. You were going to get a 24-7 title segment. You would have got a 90-second Alexa Bliss match. You would have got fucking the same shit that you got every fucking week. And we did get some of that tonight, but it felt different. It felt different. Things flowed nicely. Things bled into one another nicely, segment after segment after segment after segment. And it sounded like we got some promos that were a little off the cuff. Now, yes, it was Roman Reigns, and yes, it was Paul Heyman, but the liberties that Triple H and management allowed Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman to go out there and do and say... Honestly, thinking back to what we just witnessed on Friday, it may be a little premature in some of the things that they were allowed to say. But Triple H was holding nothing back. He wanted to know who the fucking new king and queen were in the WWE, and I greatly appreciate that. You're not going to get change going into a fucking SummerSlam show on the go-home show. We may not even get change going into Clash at the Castle but it's going to be a little bit more apparent going into Cardiff. 
You're going to get change when things normalize and we get the ball rolling week after week after week after week. Right now, there's not really any expectation for change to be coming. But if they do the little things and correct the little things that have been such an eyesore on this show and with the WWE product, I will take that for the time being because it presents itself to leading to something bigger and better. I have a laundry list of things I want to see fucking changed. I talked about it on Twitter today. WWE banning certain words, that's got to go. WWE opening up the lines of communication backstage the way Triple H did it in NXT. That needs to be the new way of life, and I'll talk about that in a second because that seems to be the big thing in the backstage meeting that Triple H held today with all of the roster. Making sure the mid-card titles, the IC title, and the U.S. title are brought back to prominence and have some level of prestige to them. Promos, bullet points, instead of scripting everybody to sound robotic. The commentary team, sending them out there and having them be a little bit more organic. Not piping in fake crowd noise every single time because you're operating with a dead product and you need to enhance the show to give off an exciting vibe when there is none. We don't need to do that anymore. WWE burning the 24-7 title, which we saw none of tonight. It's a positive change. Bruce Pritchard absolutely would have booked the 24-7 title on the fucking show because it was ha-ha-ha to Vince McMahon. There's no ha-ha-ha anymore. Now it's time for the big boys to play. Making sure the tag team division is revitalized. Revitalized tag team wrestling. There's a lot that I would change. And there's a lot that is going to change. But for anybody to expect true change right now on a go-home show, all because Triple H is in charge, completely over-creative, and because we're in Madison Square Garden... You're a fool to expect change today. We've waited how many years for Vince McMahon to finally be gone? I think we could wait a little bit more to see Triple H develop this show and develop SmackDown into something that we know it can be. Triple H held a backstage meeting today, right before Monday Night Raw, with all of the roster. A new report from Fightful states that Triple H held a talent meeting before Monday Night Raw at Madison Square Garden. And those in contact with Fightful were said to be pleased with the way the meeting went down. There's a feeling of optimism. It's exactly what I said. There's optimism there from the fan base as well. Stock was up 8.44% today. So obviously, there is hopefulness. There is optimism, not only with the fans, but the people that have invested their money in this company. And that is a great sign for Stephanie taking over and Triple H taking over because there were people who did not give them any benefit at all to run the company better than Vince McMahon. Everybody thought immediately, our stock's going to tank. Nobody trusts Triple H. Nobody trusts Stephanie. Everybody trusts Vince McMahon. The stock was up almost 9% today. That says a lot. That's tremendous. Optimism. 
Optimism. Everybody feels optimistic. Everybody feels optimistic because they feel that true change finally, finally could be instilled in the company. The report continued noting that Triple H promised the talent a level of transparency that some felt wasn't present during the previous regime. He said that he wants an open line of communication between himself and the talent. This is exactly what I talked about on Sunday night during episode 437. Everybody that was in NXT gave you the answer of, we love NXT. Those who went to the main roster and went back down to NXT, they always compared the differences between the main roster and NXT. The environment that Triple H created at the Performance Center and the environment that Vince McMahon created on the main roster. Walking on eggshells and barely seeing management, barely seeing Vince, Bruce ignoring you at every whim on the main roster. Triple H having an open door policy. If you have an issue, if you have a problem, my door is always open. You come and talk to me and we'll fucking fix it. That's exactly what Triple H is doing here on the main roster. So nothing has changed in regards to Triple H. A happy roster is a happy fucking company. A happy company is happy investors. Happy company is happy fans. I don't understand what's so, what's so problematic about this. What is so difficult? Triple H is taking what he did in NXT, and now he's applying it on the main roster. A level of transparency. Triple H will always be present. If you have a problem, you go and speak to him. He will be around. This is fantastic. Do you know what that does for somebody's morale? Do you know what that does for somebody that feels like they don't have a voice in the company? If Triple H is opening his door to you, then you feel at ease. Everybody loves Triple H. Everybody adores Stephanie. So when they open up the lines of communication and they leave that transparency out there and have that open door policy, everybody's going to feel welcome. Everybody's going to feel equal. Nobody's going to be left out. And that does a lot for somebody that needs to go out there and perform. That does a lot for somebody that's got to get in that car, that rental car, and drive to the next fucking city wondering, do I, do I belong here? Do I really belong in the WWE? Do I even want to be a professional wrestler? How many times have you heard people leaving the WWE claiming that Vince McMahon and WWE, Bruce Prichard, have killed their passion for the product, killed their passion for the industry? Triple H is not going to allow that. Triple H is not going to allow that. Triple H is not going to allow NXT talent to be called up and then sit in catering for fucking nine months. Triple H was on record saying, we are not going to call anybody up from NXT unless there is a six-month game plan. Those are words directly out of his mouth. Vince McMahon abandoned that. Vince McMahon called Triple H talent up from NXT and then toyed with them, buried them, he was excited for two weeks and then got bored of them. Like a fucking greedy bitch Vince McMahon was. Like a fucking self-entitled child. He played with the toys and he got bored with them and he put them back on his toy shelf. Robbing his younger sibling of the joy of playing with those toys just a little bit longer. That was the mentality that Triple H 
in NXT developed, and that's the mentality that Vince McMahon developed with Bruce Pritchard on the main roster. They hated pro wrestling. Triple H loves pro wrestling. Triple H knows that he did this better than anybody in NXT black and gold, and now he's ready to prove it all over again on the main roster with a bigger budget and with that main roster talent. And now he's got the NXT talent, the new breed at his disposal with his best friend running the show now. You could imagine when a Carmelo Hayes gets called up, when a Tony D'Angelo gets called up, when a Von Wagner gets called up, when a Braun Breaker gets called up. Now we don't have to worry about a Santos Escobar getting called up. We know that someone like that will be in great hands with Triple H. This is going to be fantastic. All of those worries that you and I had are going to go away. Eventually, when we get to that point, you're not going to have to worry about it anymore. This is unbelievable. Triple H also made it clear that he wants work to be fun. Who would have thought there's fun to be had in pro wrestling? Not under Vince McMahon. But under Triple H, yes, you come to work to obviously be professional and do work, but I also want it to be fun. The report continued noting that Triple H promised the talent a level of transparency that some felt wasn't around during the previous regime. He said he wants an open line of communication between himself and the talent. In recent years, it's become common to have to wait hours to speak to Vince McMahon and FaceTime with the former CEO was said to be dwindling. According to Feifel, also the general consensus with the roster was that the meeting was positive. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is absolutely unbelievable. Everything that I'm telling you is unbelievable. This, this is hope. This is true fucking growth of the company. For so many years, for so many years, I've had people tell me, oh, JD only hate watches. JD is so negative. I don't know why he watches something that he generally hates every week. It deserved to be hated. It deserved to be shit on. It deserved to be criticized. Today was the first day in years I watched Monday Night Raw with a sense of optimism. Tonight was the first time in years that my friends who have stopped watching WWE watched with a sense of optimism. Watched 
because Triple H took over and watched because Vince McMahon is gone. What does that tell you? I'm not the only one. I posted on Twitter, greatest day in WWE history on Friday, went viral, 6,000 likes. I said the same thing today, second best day in WWE history with Bruce Prichard being demoted, 6,000 likes. The likes and the retention on those tweets are more than people's videos in the fucking community that are outwardly against what we're seeing. That's a beautiful thing. I never hate watched because it got me views and it got me clicks and it got me fucking growth on the channel. I didn't do it because it was fucking cool. I don't do it because it's fake rage. I do it because I always remained hopeful. I did it because I always remained hopeful that we would see this day. If I gave up watching the product and a day like this occurred, I would have felt terrible that I missed out. And to be honest, I quite enjoy being right most of the time. This is what we all live for. This is what I built the fucking podcast on. This, today, Friday, now we can get to work. Now the real work begins. And now the hope and the optimism is all going to pay off. If I stopped watching all of that hope and optimism when I know things get better, it wouldn't feel as satisfactory. It wouldn't feel the same satisfaction. I wouldn't get the same satisfaction out of it. I wouldn't be as satisfied. Now that we, we, we got ourselves through the fucking bullshit and years and years and years of just trying to be hopeful and being disappointed. Now the opportunity for real change is upon us and it's going to taste fucking great. Victory tastes great. Vince McMahon is gone. Bruce Pritchard is on his way out. John Laurinaitis is gone. And the only one that needs to be gone is Kevin Dunn. Get him the fuck out. This is unbelievable. And if you're not here for the fucking ride, I don't want you here. Triple H is going to take this company into the future, and the WWE that we all wanted is going to be here sooner rather than later. And if you're not with that, go watch something else. Because now it's my fucking time to sit here and review something and talk about something that I knew I knew was there. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go over the show tonight. And we're going to go over the damning story that was released today by the Wall Street Journal in regards to Vince McMahon. But I want to thank you guys very much for joining me right here on Off the Script, man. Quickly, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. Go and check out my immediate reaction to Triple H being announced as head of creative this morning. Extra uploaded on the channel. Go and check last night's tremendous podcast. Episode 437. We were live for three hours. We talked about it all. Probably the biggest podcast that I've done in years. Because this was the biggest story in WWE. So go check that out. It's all on the homepage right now if you missed any of it. 
and I'll be live tomorrow night with NXT. We're going to see what happens. NXT is a little bit more of a different beast. They don't really have takeovers anymore. I'm going to be very curious to see what creative changes we see on NXT because they're not really building towards a pay-per-view. Nothing has been announced as far as a pay-per-view is concerned with them. So the, the, the potential for change is a little bit more open there. It's a little bit more as far as Monday Night Raw is concerned. We're not going to see it, but change may happen quicker on Tuesday night than it will on Monday and Friday. But we will be live on Tuesday night tomorrow because I'm very curious to see what Triple H does if he does have a hand in eliminating Bruce from Tuesday night and really getting NXT back on track. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. After today, man, we are only 200 away from 135,000 subscribers. So to everybody that you knew that just found the podcast, thank you guys very much. To everybody that found me on Twitter and is new on Twitter, thank you guys very much. Turn on that bell. Hit that thumbs up. We already got 1,000 likes, guys. We're not fucking around tonight, man. Minimum 2,000 likes minimum on OTS tonight. We got the Super Chats coming in. You get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show and do our thing. We already got two $100 bombs. We got one by Latino, 46 Heat. And we got one by PW Elite Fan 99. You guys are fucking savage, man. Thank you guys for the major support via the Super Chats. So get them on in. Also, hit that Join button. We are VIP only on Sunday night, man. And from the word that I got from Hooligrim, who's one of my trusted VIPs and one of my trusted generals in the chat, it was incredibly fun last night. So if you guys want to be a part of this great community, man, on Sundays we do VIP only, and we'll be doing some hangouts as well. I think I may start one this week on Thursday. I'll let you guys know. Make sure you guys hit that join button down below. And tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped, manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code JerryDE for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. I want to talk about the subtle changes, the little minor changes that we got tonight. On Monday night. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't anything major. But there were some dialogue pieces. And there were some noticeable. There was a noticeable feeling in the air. That this show was under new guidance. So. We started the show off with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the first thing that we see on Monday night. Legitimately. It was the first segment of the show. Before that, Monday Night Raw started off with a hot brawl between Logan Paul and The Miz. So we got no then, now, forever bullshit. We got no Monday Night Raw theme song, none of this shit. And we go right into the show, and Logan Paul and The Miz are brawling in the middle of the ring. Referees and Adam Pearce and officials are breaking this thing up. We didn't get no show starting off with a fucking in-ring promo that is interrupted and then interrupted and then interrupted that leads to a tag team match that leads to a six-man tag that just has Bruce and Vince all over it. 
We didn't get none of that starting the show. We got Monday Night Raw starting off hot in Madison Square Garden. And that was tremendous. That itself, you could tell right away that something different was in the air. So after Logan Paul and The Miz are cleared out, we got Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring. Obviously, he tells Madison Square Garden to acknowledge him. We got some really great camera angles of Madison Square Garden. Legit sellout for MSG tonight for Monday Night Raw. And WWE was actually struggling to sell out Madison Square Garden not too long ago. House shows they were struggling to sell out. And tonight, of all nights, they sold out Madison Square Garden. I don't think it had anything to do with Vince McMahon being, you know, removed. And Vince McMahon retiring and Triple H being named head of creative or Stephanie McMahon being chairwoman of the board. No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just think that it's right before SummerSlam, and SummerSlam is the third biggest show of WWE's calendar year, and it's the summer, and people want something to do. People stay out late, kids are home from school, why not? Let's go to Madison Square Garden and have a good time at the Garden watching WWE Live. I don't think it had anything to do with what's going on right now and the changes that are being made internally with WWE. So Reigns told the wise man, Paul Heyman, he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't feel like talking tonight. So Heyman took the microphone. He said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the island of relevancy. Started hitting his microphone. His microphone went out. And I thought this was something that he was kind of embellishing. I didn't really think the microphone went out, but apparently it did. So the microphone came back on or he got another microphone and he pointed over to the timekeepers area and he says, we have a sound guy who must be from New Jersey or something. I want your name written down or you are the next one that's going to be out the door. So Paul Heyman stepping over that line and using the words, or you're going to be the next one out the door. Kind of bringing attention to everybody that is being removed or will be removed from the WWE positions that they currently hold. So I LOL'd immediately because... You all knew what he was talking about. Heyman said Sunday marks 700 days of the title reign of Roman Reigns. Now, I could have swore that it was more than 700 days. Maybe I was wrong. But I was certain that it was definitely over 700 days. 700 days of the title reign of Roman Reigns, and he said it plays into the hands of Brock Lesnar, who likes to reign on parades. Heyman said Lesnar ruined the parties of Randy Couture, The Undertaker, and John Cena. Heyman said Reigns takes it personally because he's tired of being tied into the legacy of Lesnar. You think of the Knicks, you think of the Celtics, you think of the Yankees, you think of the Red Sox, you think of Hogan, you think of the Macho Man, Randy Savage, you think of Stone Cold, you think of The Rock. He said after this weekend, you won't have to think of Brock Lesnar again. Heyman said this will be their last match together. I will believe it when I see it. And Reigns will whip Lesnar. Reigns looked over towards Paul Heyman and nodded. Yes. Heyman said his tribal chief has nothing to say tonight because he can't stand the sound of Brock Lesnar's name. He said after SummerSlam, Lesnar won't be able to stand at all. So Austin Theory interrupts Roman Reigns and the bloodline. He came out, microphone in hand, money in the bank, briefcase in hand. 
Reigns turned and he looked very nastily at Austin Theory. Another one of those things that I hope Triple H changes is giving people back their names. I want Austin Theory back on television. I want Pete Dunne back on television. I want Tommaso Ciampa back on television. And for the love of fucking God, Paul Levesque, bro, I want Dominic Dijakovic back on television. That's what I want. And I think we'll get there. So Theory's out there, and he said something to Roman Reigns, and he told New York to take it easy on him. Oh, actually, that was Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. Theory came out, and I'm skipping ahead because I'm excited. He marched out. Theory looked at him and was laughing. He said he will get his United States title back. He will walk down to the ring and cash his money in the bank contract against Lesnar or Reigns and be the new undisputed WWE Universal Champion. So Reigns asked Theory, well, is that it? Are you going to stop right there? Or are you going to get in the ring and embrace your tribal chief? Don't be scared now. So then he tells New York, why don't you guys take it easy on him? I know he's nervous. He told New York to take it easy on him. And then he says, wise man, wise man. We like this guy, right? We like Theory, right? Heyman says, yeah, he's all right. He's, he's, he's an all right guy. Rain said Theory has no clue what he's doing with that briefcase. He said Theory needs a wise man for himself, someone to counsel him. Reigns volunteered to be that guy. He told Theory to look around and analyze the situation. This is where you know who's running the show. Otherwise, this line wouldn't be in there. Now, I know Paul Heyman probably goes over what he's going to say with Roman Reigns and vice versa. And I'm sure Paul Heyman has to get it approved by Triple H and has to get it approved by Stephanie McMahon. He told Austin Theory, I need you to look around and analyze the situation that you're in right now. Your daddy is not here anymore. Your daddy is not here anymore. Who's your daddy? Chance started ringing out in Madison Square Garden. And everybody oohed and odd. The Usos laughed in the background. Rain says, this is my ring. Fans began chanting, daddy again, which Roman Reigns acknowledged, who's your daddy, who's your daddy? Reigns said if Theory keeps messing up, the tribal chief is going to be his new daddy. This was incredible. That was the way the segment ended. Reigns completely owned Austin Theory in this opening segment. There was nothing that Austin Theory could do or say to come back from what Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns did and said to Austin Theory. Triple H wanted you to know that he was going into this not with real change on the horizon yet, but he wanted to establish on night one, if there was anything that Triple H had on the list of priorities, it was, I am going to establish to the viewing audience, in case they don't know, and I'm going to establish to the people that paid their good money to sit here inside Madison Square Garden, I'm going to establish who the fuck is in charge of this show. And that's exactly what was done with that line. I need you to analyze the situation. Your daddy is not here anymore. Tremendous. 
easily, easily, easily one of the best lines of the entire year. Absolutely great. So we go to commercial break. And Theory's in the ring when we get back from commercial break. He said he was formally introduced by the ring announcer the way he should be, like he deserves. All of a sudden, Drew McIntyre walked out, and Graves said, he don't even go here. No knowledge of a brand split. No recollection of a brand split. No idea of a brand split in sight. Drew McIntyre shows up from SmackDown on Monday Night Raw to wrestle Austin Theory. I'm fine with that. One of the things that I would have Triple H do if he gets approval from the networks is end the fucking brand split. I don't know how likely that is. I don't even know if Vince McMahon pushed for something like that. But I think the brand split, if we're going to be as lenient as we are with it, and there's no explanation about it, which I know is not really like Triple H. Triple H is very meticulous about what he does. Triple H is very detailed in what he does. I don't think Triple H is going to go out there and leave those types of details just for us to figure out on our own. He's not Bruce Bridget. He doesn't leave logic gaps all over the fucking place for you to step in and fucking never recover from. So if you're going to end the brand split, just end the fucking brand split. Or if you're going to pretend that there is no brand split, just fucking end it. The shows would be better off for it. I've said this for years. So we got Drew McIntyre over from uh, from SmackDown on Monday Night Raw, wrestling Austin Theory in the opening match. These two had a good match. These two had a good match. Too many commercial breaks, but it was a good match. McIntyre, and if you guys want to know, Kevin Dunn is still in charge because there were a lot of rapid-fire camera cuts in this match. McIntyre hit a future shock DDT, set up for the Claymore kick, but Theory rolled to the outside to avoid the Claymore kick. McIntyre went after him, dropped him into the announce desk. We go to commercial break. Theory briefly took the advantage after driving McIntyre into the steel steps. McIntyre came back with a nice-looking vertical suplex and a spine buster for a two-count. McIntyre was setting up for the Claymore again, and all of a sudden, there's that lack of fucking detail. Brand split. Where the fuck is the brand split? We got more SmackDown guys coming out there, man. We got Sheamus. We got Rich Holland. We got Butch. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! He's out there fucking doing his scrappy do impression. Pete Dunne. Jesus fucking Christ, Paul, please. Can we get Pete Dunne back? Please. It's got to be changed. I'd be fucking, I'd be hilarious, man. I'd be laughing, LOL, if they actually changed his name back to Pete Dunne. So they come out there and they cause a DQ. So we can't get away from the DQ. New regime, same fucking result. DQ ending. After a nice 10-minute match between McIntyre and Theory, I don't even know why they wrestled. Maybe they're trying to tease you about this being a potential match somewhere down the line. I actually predicted. I actually predicted. I don't think this is going to happen because I honestly feel different after tonight, and I'll tell you why. I honestly, before Triple H took over, I predicted that Austin Theory was not going to cash in on Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. I thought that they would go with Roman and McIntyre at Clash of the Castle. McIntyre would win the title. And then Austin Theory would cash in, leaving everybody fucking pissed at Clash of the Castle. And I predicted that Theory would be the champion coming out of the Cardiff show. 
on Labor Day weekend and that we would get Theory versus McIntyre as the major program on SmackDown. Now, I feel a little bit differently after tonight, and I'll get into that in just a second. But we got a DQ. We can't avoid the DQ ending, man. New regime, same old shit. But it felt different. It felt different. So we go to commercial break, and I even said it on Twitter. We're coming back to a fucking tag team match because of the way that they went into the commercial break. So that's exactly what we got. So we got Austin Theory and Drew McIntyre ending in a DQ. McIntyre wins by DQ because of the brawling brutes. We go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break, and we get McIntyre against McIntyre and Bobby Lashley against Austin Theory and Sheamus in a tag team match. So this went 12 minutes. So combined, this went over 20 minutes. So the match started during the commercial break. Like I said, Sheamus was laughing at McIntyre, and he was going and beating down Bobby Lashley. The crowd was chanting, we want Bobby, we want Bobby. Sheamus tried to fake tag to Austin Theory. So we go on through the match. Lashley's in there. He gave Sheamus a delayed vertical suplex before giving Theory a flatliner. Lashley went for the spear. Theory went through the barricade, but Sheamus, well, he was about to do that little thing around the barricade was Bobby Lashley, but Sheamus caught him with a big jumping knee, took him out, and that was awesome. So McIntyre then wiped out Sheamus. Sheamus poked him in the eye, gave him a white noise on the outside. Theory set up for his finish, but all of a sudden Dolph Ziggler was out there and he distracted Austin Theory and Lashley slipped out. He applied the hurt lock on Austin Theory because of Dolph Ziggler's interference. At this time, we're getting the Rolling Brutes kicked out of the arena because they were jumping about ringside. They were trying to attack Drew McIntyre. McIntyre threw Butch over his head. But all while that was happening, we got Bobby Lashley winning the match via the hurt lock on Austin Theory. Austin Theory tapped out very, very quickly, and the babyfaces win this match. Austin Theory, I believe, is 0-7 since he won Money in the Bank. 0-7. And that's the mentality that Vince McMahon had with Austin Theory or any Money in the Bank briefcase holder. They have the briefcase. They have a guaranteed title shot, so he could lose as many times as he wants. He's still got a contract for a guaranteed championship match. So all of this, all of this, we get McIntyre in theory. We get the brawling brutes out there causing a DQ. This leads to a tag team match. There was a lot of wrestling tonight. There was a lot of wrestling in this segment. It felt different. I don't know why it felt different, but it felt different to me. Maybe it was because Triple H was there and we saw continuity that really wasn't present when Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon were running the show. So we got a lot of wrestling. Everything flowed nicely. They took their time. They filled the majority of that first hour with wrestling. Austin Theory taps out. He leaves the ring, walks up the ramp, he, inter- he interrupted the bloodline earlier in the show, right at the top of the hour. So he's walking up the ramp, and who do you think meets him at the top of the ramp right before he rolls through the curtain? We got the Usos coming out and double super kicking theory, leaving him wasted on the floor. Roman Reigns comes out. He takes the briefcase. He puts it on Austin Theory's chest and says, you're going to need this on Sunday, and I know you're going to cash it in but if you do, make sure it's the right decision. 
We had segments that flowed one into the other, into the other, into the other. The beginning of the show started with Miz and Logan Paul. Outside that, we got Reigns and Theory. McIntyre comes out. He's obviously staked claim at the Universal Championship. Sheamus and McIntyre will be wrestling on SmackDown. We got those two in the ring, and they're picking up their storyline to lead into Friday. Theory is defending the, or he's going up against Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's defending the United States Championship at SummerSlam. So we got all of these storylines intertwined together in the opening match. And then, after the match is over, Roman Reigns and the Bloodline come out and confront Austin Theory on him teasing a cash-in at SummerSlam. We built McIntyre and Sheamus. We built Theory and Bobby Lashley. We built Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and we built Austin Theory cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase against either Reigns or Lesnar, all within the first 45 minutes. And everything flowed one into the other, into the next, into the next, into the next. Now, that's not present during a Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon show, but that's present during a Triple H show because that's exactly what Triple H did in NXT. The way you saw the first 45 minutes of this show play out was exactly the way Triple H booked NXT Black and Gold. That, that is the change that you're going to see immediately. You're not going to see the Champa Gargano storylines present on day one. You're not going to see takeover level fucking shows on day one. That is the change you are going to see on day one. And if that is the only change we get right now, we should be very fortunate because that is something that we are not accustomed to on Monday night. I am very pleased with that. I am very happy with what we saw. I thought the first hour of Monday Night Raw was better than any first hour in all of 2022. And that is all because of Triple H. Now, I said Austin Theory. I gave you my prediction for Austin Theory at Clash of the Castle. I'm actually going to retract that. After tonight, and I don't really know if you guys feel that same way, but I have a feeling that with Vince McMahon not there, I have a feeling Vince McMahon was going to strap the rocket to Austin Theory. I I really do. I have a feeling Vince was going to give him the world title. I I just had a feeling. But now with Triple H in charge, and I don't think this is the case, but it certainly felt like it. Austin Theory had a very rough first hour. He got toyed around with. He got fucking thrown around. And this could be wrestling booking 101. You know, they could play it up and bury the guy, and then he ends up winning the fucking title on Saturday night at SummerSlam. You know, it would be stereotypical WWE wrestling 101 booking. But I just feel like Triple H sent Austin Theory out there and booked him tonight to look like a fucking loser as a way to say ha, ha, ha to Vince McMahon. Now, I may be wrong on that, but that's the vibe that I got. Let me know what you guys think about that if you feel that way or you felt the same way about Austin Theory tonight. But Austin Theory still, to me, is the future of the company. He will be one of the future pieces of the company. And from what I know, he is very, very much liked backstage. And they have high hopes for him in WWE. And he's great. He's great. Do I think he should be world champion at the age of 24? No. I don't think he should win the title at all. I think we have a couple of more years before we even start discussing that. The only one that should really be talking about absolutely definitive having the world championship is Cody Rhodes, and he's not even there actively. 
or Seth Rollins, one or the other. So we'll see what happens with Austin Theory, but that's the vibe I got with him. Rey Mysterio. We got a beautiful Rey Mysterio video package highlighting some of his great moments. And then we got Kevin Patrick interviewing Dolph Ziggler backstage. Kevin Patrick interviewed Dolph Ziggler backstage and he actually asked, holy shit, we got a fucking explanation. He actually asked what he was up to in regards to Austin Theory. Now, if this was Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, I would assume that we would still be waiting for a fucking reply. Patrick said to, the, uh, to Ziggler, why are, you, why are you out there with Austin Theory? Well, what is your problem with Austin Theory? Why? Most important question in all of wrestling, why? So Ziggler says, it's simple. I think he needs to be taught a lesson. He says he's seen so many come and go, and he has accomplished a lot so quickly, but he hasn't earned it. He says he's almost as handsome as him, and he's one hell of an athlete. AJ Styles then all of a sudden walks in and says he can appreciate what he's doing to Austin Theory because they had a little bit of a back and forth that AJ and Austin Theory. In all of a sudden walks Otis and Chad Gable. Gable shushed him, and Gable said that they're jealous of Theory because he's accomplished more than them already in his young WWE tenure. Gable said he and Otis want to beat the jealousy out of both of them. Styles accepted, Ziggler smiled and agreed, and we got a Ziggler-Styles tag team against Alpha Academy later tonight. Don't really care about a Ziggler and AJ Styles tag team, but I've seen worse. Rey Mysterio's in the ring. We're celebrating 20 years of Rey Mysterio. He made his entrance with Dominic. And everybody's like, who's going to betray Rey? Who's going to destroy Rey on his 20-year birthday in WWE? Will it be somebody new? Will Edge be making his return? I heard Edge was not at the show tonight because of a delayed flight. It's been happening, happening a lot often lately with people that I know. Delayed flights all over the United States. Just the way of the world right now. So Edge had a delayed flight. I'm not sure if he was actually factored into anything here with Judgment Day. People were like, oh, Dominic, his own son, is going to turn on Rey Mysterio. I'll get to that in a second. Wright talked about getting his start in wrestling at age 14. He said he never dreamed he'd travel the world and make money and create legendary rivalries for each and every one of us to enjoy. He said guys his size back then weren't part of the business. He said he broke the blueprint of what a superstar should look like. He says as a smaller guy and a damn proud Latino, he became world champion at WrestleMania 22. He says he's made a lot of friends along the way who helped pave the road for him in his career. He brought up Dean Malenko, Conan, Batista, Kurt Angle, Edge, Eddie Guerrero. And he says he misses Eddie Guerrero every single day. And he knows Eddie is watching over him and everybody. Right? Thank the fans for all their love and support. He said being able to live this career and life with his family means the world to him. Fans chanted, you deserve it. He talked about his wife and his daughter watching backstage. And we saw Ray's family there backstage at Madison Square Garden. And I could not believe what I saw. My jaw 
hit the fucking floor on what I saw. I saw a group of people not watching TV all fucking sideways and all loopy like Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard had them fucking watch TV. We saw Dominic and Rey Mysterio's family watching TV straight on. They were watching TV at a normal angle. Change. If there's anything that tells you that there's a new regime in WWE, it's the way people watch fucking TV on WWE programming. Unbelievable. So, then he talks about Dominic. Dominic, his son, he's proud of Dominic for the man that he's become. He said one day he will be representing the Mysterio legacy when he's no longer there. I love you, son. Right, thank the WWE Universe for accepting him and always rolling with the Mysterios. And for the 20 dopest years, I thank you. He brought up he's celebrating 20 years in Madison Square Garden. He pointed at the fans once again and thanked them in Spanish. Finn Balor and Damian Priest all of a sudden walked out. On one side did Finn Balor and the other side on Damian Priest. They walked out of the crowd almost as if, if you guys remember Raven's Flock from the old days, WCW, ECW, they came from the crowd. No entrance music, even though even though Alter Bridge and the other side is a great fucking theme song. No, no Alter Bridge tonight. But they came out through the crowd, and I like that little subtle change to them. I would love to see them do that a little bit more often. I think it fits the vibe of the group. So we got them approaching the Mysterios, and then we get the tag team match that was scheduled to take place. It's Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus the Judgment Day. So everybody was holding their breath. Is Dominic going to turn? Is Dominic going to turn and join Judgment Day? We didn't get any of that. We actually got a normal tag team match, and we got a pretty damn cool fucking ending. So the match itself wasn't all that great. The ending was great, though. So Priest, he tried for a razor's edge on Rey Mysterio. Rey brought him down with a hurricane rana. Ray set up for the 619. Balor made a blind tag and took out Ray with a vicious clothesline. Balor followed with a shotgun dropkick. Coup de grace. And Dominic broke up the cover off Balor's finishing move. Balor tried the Eddie Guerrero trick by chucking the chair at Ray Mysterio, taking a bump, thinking that the referee would see Ray holding the chair. The thing is, the referee. Never turned her back. Dominic had the referee distracted. This was smart. Dominic showing more smarts in the Triple H regime than he ever has in the Vince McMahon regime. He kept the referee's attention. So when Dominic was holding up the referee, Ray chucked the chair back at Balor and he took a bump, just like he did a couple weeks ago. Balor pleaded with the ref, no, no, no. I didn't hit him. It's not what you see. Ray then dropped both members of Judgment Day on the ropes. They both hit double 619s. Ray gave Balor an Eddie Guerrero frog splash. One, two, three. And the crowd popped big for the Mysterios getting the victory in Madison Square Garden. Finish was a thumbs up. I thought the finish was great. And I'm surprised that WWE kept it wholesome. 
Everybody was expecting Dominic Mysterio to turn on Rey Mysterio on his 20th birthday in WWE. How could he? The bastard son, Dominic Mysterio. We got nothing. Everything was just the way that it should be. Family, friendly, and wholesome. Mysterio's got the victory. So we go into the back, and Ray is celebrating with his family, and somebody's pouring champagne, and Ray takes a shot of Patron, and Ray, after drinking the Patron, Ray's daughter, Aaliyah, gave him a gift box. Ray revealed a hot pink Ray mask and the outfit, at the outfit, which he said was from the 1997 Halloween Havoc. He asked her where she found it. She said she had to do a little digging. I'd be curious to know where she found that outfit. All of a sudden, we see a returning Rhea Ripley who crashed the party. Dominic told her it's a special night and there's no reason for you to be here. Ray's daughter, Aaliyah, then got in the face of Rhea Ripley and told her to get out. So Ripley shoved her and then took Dominic and dragged Dominic by his hair through the doorway and into the hallway. Ray chased after them, and he was ambushed by both Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Balor dragged Ray away. Priest powerbombed Ray onto a table backstage, and all of Judgment Day is ha, 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 laughing that they ruined Ray Mysterio's party. So... Ripley's back. That's great. I'm glad she's cleared and she's back. And now after this Becky Lynch fiasco and Bianca Belair, we could get Rhea Ripley getting a title shot against Bianca Belair, hopefully if she retains the title at SummerSlam, which I do think will be the case. Other than that, Rey Mysterio is... He's out there injured. He got ambushed. And there is the angle that I was expecting. It was a little too wholesome for the Mysterios to just go into Madison Square Garden and win, and then nothing happened, and then, and then just celebrate, nothing happened. Judgment Day crashed their party, and that was pretty much it. This is all obviously leading to something at SummerSlam. Bianca Belair, she made her ring entrance smiling and twirling her braid. She was happy to be in New York City. So Becky Lynch came out. And she's walking down the aisle. She looks absolutely fucking ridiculous, does Becky Lynch. Thank God we didn't get Becky Lynch cutting much of a promo here tonight. Somebody in WWE answered our prayers. Becky Lynch is terrible on the microphone, and she looks downright atrocious. She really does. I don't know who thinks that she's fashion forward. She looks ridiculous. She does. So Bianca Belair said, girl, girl, nah, uh-uh. She said she is the EST, and the EST didn't come to Madison Square Garden to listen to her run her mouth. She continued to speed talk over Becky Lynch every time Becky Lynch tried to get a word in and she used her catchphrases in different ways to kind of get under Becky Lynch's skin. So they started talking over each other, and Becky hit Belair all of a sudden, tackled Belair down to the ground, and they had a big brawl on the outside. Another big brawl broken up by WWE officials. 
Triple H loves his brawls, man. Triple H loved his brawls in NXT, and we got two brawls, three brawls tonight on Monday night within the first hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. We got Logan Paul and The Miz starting the show off with a hot brawl. We got the Mysterios and Judgment Day in a brawl backstage. We got Bianca and Becky Lynch in a brawl out here. Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle at the end of the show had a brawl. A lot of brawls on Monday Night Raw, man. Triple H loves his brawls. So the referees pulled them apart, and that was pretty much all that we saw of Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. They are going into this match, in my honest opinion, very cold. I don't think Bianca Belair is losing that championship. She should not lose that championship at SummerSlam. I do think that Becky goes into the Royal Rumble and wins the Royal Rumble, and we get Ronda as champion at WrestleMania against Becky Lynch. That's my prediction. I think Becky's going to lose at SummerSlam, and we're going to get this storyline arc of Becky chasing the title and finding her way into WrestleMania via the Royal Rumble. I know it's boring and it's very fundamentally sound and it's very it's very just simple for WWE, but I think that's where they're, where they're going with Becky Lynch. I could be wrong. I hope I am. I would love somebody fresh winning the Royal Rumble. Fuck Becky Lynch and fuck all these usuals that we see on television. I think it's time for the new age, the new guard to take over. Some fresh faces in there. We'll see what happens. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Alexa Bliss. She asked, what's next for Alexa Bliss? She said, it's fine. Dodrop keeps demanding matches with her. She wondered why Dodrop and Nikki keep hanging out. I just don't get the pairing, says Alexa Bliss. You and I, honey. You and I. She said, Lily is an independent woman. Now we're calling stuffed animals or stuffed dolls women. She's made of stuffing. And stitching. She's not an actual human being. She said Lily is an independent woman. She said she's number one at WWE shop. Then she got all angry, Alexa Bliss. And she looked right into the camera. And she said, whoever wins the match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair at SummerSlam, I am reclaiming my place at the top of the Monday Night Raw women's division. I am not here. For an Alexa Bliss title run. I'm not here for Alexa Bliss chasing Bianca Belair. In fact, I think Rhea Ripley should get first dibs. And we get Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair and get the match that we didn't get, that we that we were supposed to get at Money in the Bank. Instead of Alexa Bliss. I think Alexa Bliss chasing the championship would be rather boring. Bianca Belair is a, is a babyface. Alexa Bliss is a babyface. I'm not sure if they're going to go with the babyface versus babyface dynamic or if they're thinking potentially of turning Alexa Bliss heel. I think Alexa Bliss as a babyface sucks. I think she's much better as a heel. She sucks altogether in general, but I do think she plays the role of a babyface terribly. And I do think she plays the role of a heel better. Rey Mysterio was recovering from the attack backstage when Priest and Balor showed up again Dominic chased them away, but Rhea Ripley kicked Ray in his injured arm and wished him a 20th birthday. Happy anniversary, Ray Mysterio. And I do believe, I do believe that Rhea Ripley on a normal day could beat up Ray Mysterio. Alexa Bliss versus Doe Drop. Not good. Not good. 
This was not the best night for women's wrestling on Monday Night Raw. This was legitimately the only women's action that we saw tonight on Monday Night Raw outside of the brawl between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Alexa Bliss sucks. She is just awful. And Dodrop, she's normally very good. On this night, she was not good with Alexa Bliss. Two left feet that both of these women have. Terrible partners. So nobody cared about this match. Crowd seemed disinterested in it. Bliss set up for Twisted Bliss, but Nikki knocked her off the ropes. Looked like Alexa hit hard coming down off the top rope. Bliss countered a doe drop power slam into a DDT, which looked weak. One, two, three, and Alexa Bliss pins the much larger opponent in doe drop. Crowd was pretty much dead for this. Nobody cared. AJ Styles was backstage. He saw Logan Paul backstage. Apparently, we got AJ Styles and Logan Paul in a discussion because they have a mutual hatred for The Miz. He told Logan Paul, if you ever need anything, if you ever need any advice, I don't really know you. I don't know who you are really. But if you ever need anything, especially when it comes to The Miz, don't be afraid to come find me. This led to Logan Paul and his new talk show, Impulsive, quite, I guess, quite intriguing, impulsive, quite the nice play on words there for Logan Paul. The crowd was not into Logan Paul at all. This is where I said a couple weeks ago, WWE is going to have a very tough uphill battle when it comes to Logan Paul. A lot of people are going to find it very difficult to cheer for him and be on his side going into SummerSlam against The Miz. New York City, is that his podcast name? I did not know. I don't listen to Logan Paul's podcast. Especially in New York City, man. New York City folk are not afraid to let you know how they feel about something or someone. So we got Logan Paul in the ring. Crowd wasn't into him. He said his brother is going to be fighting next weekend at Madison Square Garden. Crowd booed. But today is about Monday Night Raw and the debut of Impulsive. Impulsive TV. Fans booed. So he looked a little nervous out there because he knew what he was getting himself into in New York City. It's like the Miz and Miz TV, but people actually watch. Not really helping himself with that line there. It's like Miz TV, but people actually watch impulsive. Come on now. He called Miz to the ring very forcefully. Miz did not come out. Logan said he thought Miz liked the limelight. He said the Miz probably was backstage trembling with his tiny little shriveled prunes. Sounds like a Bruce Pritchard special. Sounds like Bruce wrote this segment and Bruce wrote this promo. Out comes, not The Miz, but out comes Maurice. Maurice plugged Miz and Mrs. and says it's going to be awesome. She told Logan not to talk about her kids ever again. She said, she said, She doesn't appreciate him talking about her man's genitalia. 
and she had trouble saying the word genitalia. So she said, stop talking about my man's package. Fans began chanting, tiny balls, tiny balls. Logan agreed with the fans and pointed at the fans and started laughing. Maurice insisted that's not a real thing. She did the Mrs. Skit, skit when he puts his hand up. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. So she had a, I don't know what the fuck she was carrying. I, I don't know what you guys saw, but I saw a purse, it looked like, that looked like two huge giant balls. That was probably the most eye-catching thing about this entire, what the fuck was she carrying? She's, she was carrying a, a purse that apparently resembled her husband's huge, humongous balls. There you go. This is typical Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon humor. Logan Paul did not even talk about her kids, so I don't even know what the fuck she was talking about. Maybe, maybe he mentioned it last week. I don't know. Did Logan Paul mention Maurice and Mrs. Kids? I don't think so. So, she said the average man's testicles are 1.8 to 2 inches long, or big, and the Miz falls in that range. Logan said, who measures their testicles? Miz walked out and said that he measures his testicles, as does every man in the arena. Miz says he gave Logan everything, and without him, he wouldn't have a WrestleMania match or a SummerSlam match. You owe me everything. I taught you everything you know. I didn't teach you everything I know. So he says he's awesome. Logan yelled at him to shut up. Logan says he called him out there to throw down, and all he's doing is talking. He says he always knew he had tiny balls. Maurice slapped Logan Paul. Logan says she has bigger balls than you do, Miz. Champa from behind then attacks Logan. Logan got the better of him and then tackled Miz. Champa attacked Logan, and Miz and Logan uh, were in the ring, and Miz gave him a skull-crushing finale. Miz and Champa stood tall. This segment was rough. This was probably the worst thing on the entire show. WWE is going to have a very difficult time, and it's not only going to be present with the Miz. They're going to have a very, very difficult time getting Logan Paul over as a babyface. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. WWE would have been better off Instead of doing Logan Paul versus The Miz, where I know he's going to get booed out of Nashville, I know it. Miz is going to be a babyface at SummerSlam. Maybe Logan Paul does something out of this world that really gets the fans on his side. I don't know. The pay-per-view crowds are a lot different than a generic Monday Night Raw crowd. But WWE would have probably had a better time, and it probably would have been in their best interest to do something along the lines of Miz and Champa versus AJ Styles and Logan Paul. Being that we had AJ feuding with the Miz for a little bit, not really much of anything there, but it was present on Monday Night Raw. AJ Styles made himself present during Logan Paul's backstage segment tonight. Logan Paul teaming with AJ would have looked good for Logan Paul because nobody, nobody's going to be out there booing AJ Styles. So that would have looked good if you're Logan Paul. 
And that would have been a tremendous match because it would have gotten Champa on the SummerSlam card in a pro wrestling capacity. And it would have taken the load off of Logan Paul to do a full-fledged match. Now, I know what it would have been the same thing as what we saw at WrestleMania, but this entire card is very reminiscent of WrestleMania. But I think that's something that they should have done. AJ and Logan versus Champa and Miz. But instead, we're getting the one-on-one match between Miz and Logan Paul. And I, I'm afraid that Logan Paul is going to get booed out of the fucking building. And AJ doesn't have a SummerSlam match. Kevin Patrick interviewed the Street Profits. Usos were there as well. Jeff Jarrett introduced himself as the special guest referee again. Patrick was going to ask a question, but Montez interrupted. The two teams began going back and forth and started shoving each other and yelling at each other. Jarrett told them all to shut up. He says, if anyone gets out of line tonight, he'll remember it at SummerSlam. So tonight, please keep the peace. They started yelling again and raising their voices. He leaves, he comes back, and then they get quiet. Like the two brothers or the two sisters or the two siblings arguing. And then the father comes in and everybody gets quiet. That's exactly what this reminded me of. Jeff Jarrett looks to be in incredible shape, man. And I'm very curious to see what he does with Ric Flair, Andrade, and Jay Lethal at that big show on Sunday night during Ric Flair's final match. Chad Gable and Otis versus AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler. This random tag team match put together. So, Alpha Academy was in control. Otis dropped Styles onto the barricade. Ziggler made a tag. He was quickly cut off by Otis. Gable followed with a Chaos Theory suplex. And Gable tried a moonsault, but Ziggler dodged, hit a super kick. Otis broke up the cover, so Ziggler and Styles worked together to take him out. Styles blocked a Gable suplex attempt, and Ziggler gave him a zigzag for the one, two, three. No harm, no foul. Six minutes or so tag team match. AJ and Dolph get the victory. Hopefully Triple H can revitalize tag team wrestling on the main roster. I really hope that is one of the things on the list of priorities that he's going to fix on the main roster. We got the announcers running down the SummerSlam card. We got the Mysterios and Judgment Day added to the show. So it looks like we are either going to get a dominant heel turn on his father, or we're going to get Edge returning at SummerSlam to seek revenge on Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I could see Edge coming back and doing that instead of Dominic turning heel on Rey Mysterio. Because let's be real, is a dominant heel turn something that we want to see? Is a Dominic heel turn something that anybody is interested in? Is a Dominic Judgment Day spot something that you guys are absolutely longing for? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I don't really care to see it whatsoever. And I'm checking the stats right now. I want to see if we are still number one in the community. Yes, we are. We are number one by almost 2,000 people. Thank you guys very, very much. The main event. We got the main event. Usos and Roman Reigns, the bloodline, against the Street Profits and Matt Riddle. We got the typical WWE leaving the half an hour for the entire main event to breathe. This is something that they do. 
1028, the bloodline enter. 1031, we go to commercial break because Roman Reigns' entrance takes forever. It's the second time we've seen Roman Reigns on the show and his entrance on the show. 1035, the Street Profits come and do their introduction. 1036, Matt Riddle makes his way down to the ring. 1037, the main event begins. I had one of my best friends text me, oh my God, we're going to get a half an hour main event. This should be great. I'm like, no, bro, we're about to get 10 minutes of fucking entrances and commercials. And they maybe get 15 minutes of a main event. 101, WWE 101 on Monday Night Raw. So this was not bad. And we seen some color in this match, man. We seen some blood in this match. Montez was beaten down badly. Badly. And there was a line in here by Corey Graves in regards to Angelo Dawkins. I said this on Sunday night. Angelo Dawkins, under the old regime, there were rumblings that they could be breaking up the Street Profits. Hopefully this is not something that is imminently going to happen under the new regime. But under the old regime, you got a sense that the Street Profits were about to break up. Everybody knows Montez Ford's going to be a breakout singles guy. Everybody is kind of under the impression that Angelo Dawkins is going to be buried in the process if he's split away from Montez Ford. It's not fair to think that about Angelo Dawkins because Angelo Dawkins is good, as, is good in his own right. He's not Montez, but he's very good. Corey Graves mentioned that Angelo Dawkins had this fire underneath him. This fire was lit underneath him. He's got something to prove to everybody. And he mentioned in regards to Angelo Dawkins, he doesn't want to be the Genetti of his tag team. Everybody's talking about Angelo Dawkins being genetti is what Corey Graves said, or something along those lines. I found that to be quite interesting. Man. I don't think, I don't think that would have been allowed under the old regime. I don't think that Corey Graves would have been allowed to say that if Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard were in charge. So I actually, you, you, you start to hear and you start to see the little subtleties, and you think, well, that, that's not something that I'm accustomed to hearing. Those are the little changes that you're seeing. The way the continuity felt in the opening first hour. Those segments flowing into the next, into the next, into the next, into the next. And then the Judgment Day stuff happening. The brawls that we saw happening. The one-liners by Heyman and Roman Reigns. The commentary feeling a little bit more organic. This one-liner by Corey Graves mentioning Marty Jannetty. When was the last time anybody mentioned Marty Jannetty on fucking TV? Or, or, or mentioned Marty Jannetty in, in, in a way where the marks on social media mention Marty Jannetty. Oh, someone's got to be the HPK and somebody has got to be the Jannetty of the tag team. When did we ever get that fucking reference on Monday Night Raw? Those are the little subtle changes that you're about to see in here. So Montez was beaten from pillar to post. man. He got beat down by the bloodline, even to a point where he was busted open, and there was a nice, clear shot of him bleeding. Now, I must have missed it because I got up to go to the bathroom, and I got up right when he got busted open. So I don't know where he got busted open. I don't know if it was under his eye or his nose. But when we got back from commercial break, the blood seemed to be dried on his face and it looked like somebody, somebody on the, the medical team or somebody sitting outside, a doctor or a referee, wiped, wiped his face clean. But we got a nice shot of some blood. Again, Triple H effect. Triple H effect for sure. So the bloodline worked over Ford. 
Reigns knocked Angelo Dawkins off the apron, set up for a spear, and the distraction allowed Ford to hit a blockbuster on Roman Reigns. This freed Montez with that little, that little separation where he made the hot tag to Riddle. Riddle tagged in, handed out suplexes and sentons to both Usos before wiping them out with a dive, springboard dive to the outside. Riddle gave Jimmy a Randy Orton power slam. Reigns tagged himself in, hit his Superman punch on Riddle. Ford broke up the cover, took out Jay with a dive. Jimmy knocked Ford down with a suicide dive before Dawkins tackled the Usos into the barricade. Reigns then drove Dawkins into the steel steps. Crowd was very hot for Matt Riddle in New York. He gave Reigns a draping DDT. Reigns blocked an RKO attempt, and he powered Matt Riddle up in the RKO and threw him down, followed up with a spear, one, two, three, and that was it. For the main event, the Bloodline get the victory over Roman over uh, Matt Riddle and the Street Profits going into SummerSlam. So at the end of the match, Seth Rollins, his music goes off. Crowd is singing along to his theme music. He walks right past Roman Reigns and he says, I'll see you later. And Roman Reigns is like holding back a smile because obviously Reigns and Rollins, they know each other very well. They got a history with each other. So Rollins walks past Roman. He gets in the ring. He attacks Riddle. He threw Riddle to the floor outside. He threw Riddle into the ringside steps. He set Riddle up on the steel steps. And he curb stomped him on the steel steps as the show went off the air. Monday Night Raw was passable tonight. You saw little things here and there, here and there that that. Triple H told you, told you with certain things that happened on this show, told you with certain things that were said on this show, that he's in charge. Change is not going to be immediate. The little things are going to be presenting themselves first and foremost. If anybody expected change on this show, you're a fool. Change was not going to happen on the go-home show right before SummerSlam with an entire card already built with the past regime putting most of this show, all this show, together. The only thing that was put together under the Triple H regime, and it was pretty much a done deal anyway, was the Judgment Day, Balor and Priest versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. That was it. That was it. Triple H, there was nothing that he could do to really change anything as far as the current direction of what you see on television. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of a creative change going into the next pay-per-view. We got a whole fucking five weeks going into Clash of the Castle. Maybe we see change going into Cardiff. That entire show is going to be completely written by Triple H. The card is going to be put together by the Triple H, Stephanie McMahon regime. There's not much he could have done with SummerSlam, SummerSlam was already in the oven and the timer was about to go off. All we need to do is get into Nashville on Saturday and pull those cookies out of the oven. So I don't know why anybody was expecting change. I told you this on Sunday. Don't expect change. But the little things are where it's at right now. And if we focus on the little things and they lead to bigger changes along the way and we fix just the small things that have pissed us off so much about Monday Night Raw, we will take that because it is a victory. The smallest things changed are a huge victory in the end. Bruce Pritchard is gone. 
He's not gone completely. He's not fired. He's not John Laurinaitis. He's not Vince yet. But he's not creatively there. He now is a part of the creative team. I believe he may be like a counselor or or a guidance counselor, whatever the fuck he may be. He may be on the creative team with everybody else. He's got to answer to Triple H now. Triple H is in charge of it. Triple H okays everything and then presents the show to Stephanie and Stephanie and Triple H okay everything. This dynamic is going to be one for the ages. This dynamic is going to be something exciting. Sense of optimism is in the air. A sense of excitement is in the air. A sense of wonder is in the air. This is something that we haven't felt before. I legitimately have people reach into into my inbox and text me today claiming that, J.D., I'm watching Monday Night Raw for the first time in four years. Jesse, my co-host on Wednesday, gave up watching Monday Night Raw for over a year, I believe, probably longer than that. And tonight he watched Monday Night Raw because he knows what Triple H is capable of and knew what Triple H did in NXT and believed in that process greatly, like everybody else. And if anything, anything resembles that on the main roster, this show will be in good hands. Show is very mid. And we will see changes gradually happen over the next several weeks and the next several months. And if there is changes, I will let you know. And if we don't see any changes, I will let you know. I'm excited. Don't rain on my parade. If you rain on my parade after all of these years waiting for this very moment to happen, I'm getting the fuck, I'm getting you out of here, man. You're getting the fuck out of here. I don't want to hear it. Oh, nothing will change. Oh, nothing is going to change. Don't you dare come into my fucking chat and, and, and go onto my Twitter telling me, oh, nothing's going to change. Why are you so excited? Motherfucker, Vince is out. Bruce is out. What is there not to be excited about? Anything is better than what we've been given for the last 30, 40 years. Especially the last 10 to 15 years. Give me a fucking break with this shit. Vince McMahon, quickly, quickly. There was a news article about Vince McMahon. This is not good, man. Vince could be facing jail time. If all things go accordingly, Vince could be headed to jail. WWE's SEC filing stated that Vince McMahon paid out $14.6 million in unreported expenses since 2006. The filing also states that McMahon resigned, not retired, as he stated on Twitter Friday. On July 22, 2022, Vincent K. McMahon informed the company and its board of directors of his resignation from his positions as chief executive officer chairman, and director of the company, effective immediately. WWE statement also included the following, and I quote, the company has also received and may receive in the future regulatory investigative and enforcement inquiries, subpoenas, or demands arising from, related to, or in connection with these matters. The Rap and Tony Maglio of The Rap reported the following, and I quote, I'm told WWE is revising financial statements due to the potential 
benefit of the NDAs Vince had the women sign. The payments were wire transfers from Vince's personal funds. The expenses will be recorded similarly to severance, a one-time expense. The payments are being made on a schedule, hence the future payments alluded to in the 8K. Think Bobby Bonilla and the Mets deal where they owe him, I think, till 2033 or 34, whatever the case may be, uh, $1 million per year. The expenses will not revise profits for two reasons. One, they're immaterial. $15 million is nothing to sneeze at except it kind of is for a multi-billion dollar company. Two, one-time expenses, like the severance pay example I referenced earlier, do not impact reported profitability. Now, on that benefit, an example is, let's say WWE was negotiating TV rights or sponsorship and the news came out, it could potentially hurt WWE. So by Vince paying the women off, even from personal funds, and having them sign an NDA, he's benefiting the company. So no, he did not borrow company funds. That said, someone with more time than me can try to time up Vince's stock sales with the payoff dates, see if there's anything there. You can sell stock at almost any time, minus quiet periods. So I'm a little confused on on everything because I heard two separate stories. I heard that it was company money, and now he's saying that it was personal funds. So if it's company money, Vince is is absolutely facing jail time. If he's convicted and he's found guilty of this and they find more, who knows what the fuck they didn't find yet, he could be facing jail time. But the rap is saying that it's coming from personal funds. So I don't know. Obviously, there are more stories in the works Uh, There is a rumor going around that there's another bombshell from the Wall Street Journal. I don't know what's about to be leaked or what's going to be said, but Vince is out, and that's all that really matters to me. $14.6 million. $14.6 million. Goodbye. Out. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't believe he's out. And I'm like I said on Sunday, I don't really, I'm not going to scoff at you for thinking that. He does own 80% of the controlling shares in the company. He will be asked of what's going on. He's going to give his input when asked. There are people out there that believe he's still running the fucking company from Gotham City and the the rafters somewhere. You know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Some people believe, and again, I don't scoff at you, that when all of this hopefully clears for him, he's hoping that it clears, right, and he's not guilty, and all of it's wiped under the table, and all the fucking flames die down. There are people out there, and again, like I said, I don't blame you for thinking this. Who's to say that he unretires? And he comes back, and he resumes his regular duties. Chairman of the board. Creative. Hires all his people back. I don't blame you for thinking that. But I'm here to tell you that right now, it's Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And right now we're in good hands. And the swamp is being drained slowly but surely. Change is happening. That's all we need to focus on right now. I don't give a shit about how many millions Vince is fucking paying out in hush money. I don't care about any NDAs. I don't care about his genetic jackhammer. I, I, I don't care who he's fucked, who he slept with, what he's doing, how he's feeling, what he's waking up and doing, and the lack of hobbies he has. I don't care. I'm here to give you news 
And I'm here to give you the good and the bad of these shows because all we should want is creative. All we want is proper Monday night, Friday night. We want proper television. I don't care. Obviously, I will update you guys over the weekend on what happens with Vince. I'm sure there'll be more news. Any more news about Triple H, Kevin Dunn possibly being let go, and anything else that happens with Bruce Pritchard, anything else happens internally with WWE, I will let you guys know right here on the podcast. What a show, man. 3,800 people. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code JerryDE at checkout for 20% off and free shipping, man. Make sure you guys go and get yourself the new Lawnmower 4.0. Make sure you guys go and get yourself the new Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. And the Performance Package 4.0, man. They're going to bundle all the best that Manscaped has to offer. And give you guys a sense of looking great, feeling great, and smelling great this summer, man. Let Manscaped take care of you this summer. And they're also going to throw in two free gifts, man. That Shed travel bag, boxer briefs, t-shirt, you name it, man. They're going to throw it in. Manscaped.com, code Jerry D. That's J-E-R-R-Y-D-E at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I got 1,500 likes in the chat. I need 500 more, less than 500 more. We need 2,000 minimum on tonight's show. So if you guys did not hit that thumbs up, let's see it, man. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content, including last night's episode 437 of the podcast. Live on the home page right now. Get those super chats in. It's last call at the bar, man. We're taking your last call. And make sure you guys hit that join button as well. We are VIP only chat on Sundays, man. You're going to want to be a part of it because it was fucking awesome last night. Let's start at the top, man, with these super chats. I know I missed uh, one or two last night's. Uh, Killer Swag, if you're listening, bro, thank you. $5 Super Chat from last night I missed. Heineken is my choice of cold beverage. Nothing wrong with a good Heineken, bro. Nothing wrong with a good Heineken. D Bastardo with a $10 Super Chat. A month to get through. Yes, JD. Biggest issue with AEW. No segments breathe. Nitro broke the night down as someone bullied the commentators and set up main event for next week as they went off the air. I agree, man. Nitro, uh, actually, I wasn't a big fan of Nitro. I never really watched Nitro, man. I was all Monday Night Raw. Uh, But AEW, yes, man, they don't allow any segments to breathe. They don't. They're so rush, 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 rush. I honestly feel Tony Khan needs to take it down a notch or two, man. Last week, to me, I was very disappointed with AEW television. Last week, honestly, AEW television, for the first time in a long time, felt very amateurish to me. Just things didn't sit well with me, man. The Luchasaurus Jungle Boy thing didn't sit well with me. The fucking barbed wire death match did not sit well with me. And the fucking amateur-esque fucking ending that we saw 
show went off the air almost immediately because they rushed through the fucking ending and got maybe 10 minutes. Come on, man. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Maurice is a dime. Gimme bliss, too. Tony Brown. Booty meat, bro. Quality booty meat tonight. D-Bastardo with a $10 Super Chat. Darby dragged in a body bag down the street, and they went on to the next segment. They are lacking in their follow-up game since the beginning. Now WWE, two down and three to go. Dunn, Khan, and Barus. What's up, JD? I said this on Sunday's show, man. And for everybody that might have missed it, Triple H and Stephanie and Paul Heyman, man, if that is the three-headed snake in the new regime, Tony Khan should be worried. Tony Khan is very good at what he does. On most weeks. Some weeks are a miss. It's all right. I miss. Everybody misses. And I hope that competition makes him better. But I don't think he really knows what Triple H is capable of. I don't. And if you think Triple H was running NXT while AEW was co- was competing with them on Wednesday nights, you're a fool. Triple H was only there, and his, his say was minimal. He was operating under Vince and Bruce. He, was, he had one foot out the door. That NXT did not feel like NXT of old. They started to incorporate a lot of main roster Bruce and Vince-isms on the show. It was easy for Tony Khan to win the Wednesday Night Wars because that's exactly what Tony Khan was going up against. He wasn't going up against Black and Gold. Triple H led Black and Gold. He was going up against Triple H being phased out NXT. Sinister Classic with a $5 Super Chat. Triple H to Vince McMahon. Who's your daddy? I haven't watched an episode of Raw in years. There you go. See, this is the comment I've been getting all night. Tonight wasn't half bad. Interested in SmackDown on Friday. I am too, Classic. I am as well. Again, I don't expect to see change on Friday night. But it's going to feel different than it did last week. Sinister Classic with another $5 Super Chat. Also, to go back to your question yesterday, I do believe Rock and Cena both wanted to stay away from WWE and Vince so they wouldn't tarnish their image. Absolutely did it. There's a reason why we didn't see John Cena versus Austin Theory at SummerSlam like everybody was reporting. Because I knew as soon as everything came down, it just kind of connected the dots, man. have a feeling John Cena wanted to stay away until shit died down because he's not going to go out there and ruin his image. Same with The Rock. JP5150 with a $5 Super Chat. Despite several setbacks, show was okay. I hold on to a small fragment of hope. WWE can get better. Also, please get me my usual Casa Dragones overrides. Things are going to work out, bro. PW Elite Fan 99 with a $100 Super Chat. As an AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, I think Tony Khan should be worried about Triple H being named head of creative. I believe with Triple H in charge, ex-WWE talent that signed with AEW might be willing 
to give WWE a second chance. Bro, we talked about this last night. You're absolutely correct. This doesn't open a so-called forbidden door like you guys are thinking. But this is opening up a WWE forbidden door with all of those talent that Vince fired that went and joined AEW to once again, when their contracts are up, give WWE a second chance or give WWE a thought. Now that Triple H is in charge and Stephanie is in charge and they're phasing out Vince and Bruce and John Laurinaitis, it's going to be a lot easier for those people to go walk into WWE again. And who's to say Triple H, man, with how hungry he is, he didn't want to let anybody go. He didn't want to let that talent go. You know he's about to poach and give everybody a platform once again. So yes, Tony Khan should be very worried about what Triple H does from this point on. Because if he creates an attractive WWE, Tony Khan could be losing some key players when their time is up. Undertaker. 11-month re-up. Thank you, Undertaker. 11-0, maybe. The seven-month thing is still on my side of things. Breaking news. Me and Dr. Disrespect, Crown Jewel 2027. Take my money, bro. I got my money on Doc. And yes, I see 11 months, bro. I don't know why it says something different to you and then something different to me. What happened with Gresham? Did Gresham get his release? See people in the chat saying goodbye, Gresham. Fuck him. Andrea West with a 499 Super Chat. I was at the garden, sadly, tonight due to my family, but I decided to make an... Oh, my! Just uh, a poster just for me. Sucks none of you guys saw it. I'm sorry, Andrea. I appreciate the effort, though. Billy. Billy Sassian and Alex Russell become new members. Gentlemen, what are you drinking tonight? What are you guys drinking tonight? Shinobi with a $2 super chat. OTS for life. Thank you, Shinobi. Alberto Cruz becomes a new member. Alberto, what are you drinking tonight, brother? Freebird with a 12-month membership. Can we please bring back Pete Dunn? Bring back Walter. Bring back Tommaso Ciampa. Bring back Piper Niven. Imagine Johnny Gargano comes back. I can see Johnny Gargano coming back, bro. I could see Sasha Banks and Naomi coming back as well. LC Maestro with a 499 Super Chat. What do you think about people saying that this is only a puppet regime and that Vince is still in charge in the shadows? Listen, man, I don't blame anybody for thinking that. I don't. Everybody's got some hesitation when it comes to Vince, man. He can't be trusted. Especially when he owns 80% of the controlling stock in the company. 
Nobody wants to see him in charge, though. And he's not in charge. He has nothing to do with creator. Johnny Slice with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Johnny Slice, man. I had pretty much checked out of WWE starting when they got the F out. But maybe eliminate my part-time status. The game finally stands atop. VKM and brother love change is coming. Bro, I think we all need to pay attention, man. At least give it a shit. Uh, at least give it a shot. Give it a chance. You checked out during the get the F out phase, man. That's a long fucking time. Holy shit. I'm telling you, man. Triple H did wonders with NXT, man. If you give him any free reign to do what he did in NXT on the main roster, we're in for a fucking treat. Q, the content guy with a 499 Super Chat. What's up, JD? Happy Triple H and Stephanie are running-ish. Makes me want to keep watching Raw. Raw was decent to watch. Hopefully they can get Naomi and Sasha back. I, I do think that will be the case, bro. I do think that will be the case. I think they are coming back. Zero Kaiba in the chat. You sat next to somebody that didn't know who the fuck Rey Mysterio was, bro? Oh, my God. Danny Baker with a $50 super chat. Thank you, Danny Baker. The vibe on Raw tonight definitely definitely felt different. Can't wait for what's to come with Triple H in charge. Have a good night, JD. Drinking some Buffalo Trace. Good man, bro. Cheers to you, brother. Love to hear it. Spirit of the Wolf with a five-dollar super chat. It's a welcome change to see you optimistic about WWE, man. The people saying you should quit if you don't like it are eating crow right now. Fuck them. All the people that say it's fake rage, fuck them. Fake rage. Oh, fuck yourself, man. We've developed something really fucking great here. It's not fake rage. It's fucking love for the product. It's always been love for the product. I just want a better show. Johnny Slice with an 11-month membership. Thank you, Johnny Slice. JD, you are both the tribal chief and the wise man in one. I feel like your passionate rants have willed these changes into existence. Good job. It's funny you mention that, bro. I had a, uh, a little bit of a discussion with, uh, I don't know if you guys know him on Twitter, Adam uh, Hangman Pierce. He works for Wrestle Purists. A little bit of a discussion with him last night. And I even said today, bro, all the talk that we had about this, my three-hour stream, and then you coming into uh, discussion with me about this last night, it's almost as if we willed it into existence. Now, I've been doing this for years. Get Vince out, get Bruce out, get Laurinaitis out, get Dunn out. I've been, I've been crying about this for years, man. I feel great. I feel justified. I feel validated. We did will it into existence, man. We did. That's why I know we have something special here. And a lot of people are on the same page I am, man. If you are, and if you are, you're one of the smart ones. If you take offense to people wanting Bruce out, or if you take offense to me saying that it was the best day in WWE history, good. Shows how fucking stupid you are. 
Had so many people come to me in my fucking thread uh, last couple of days, man. Oh, uh, you owe Vince McMahon. I don't owe Vince shit. I don't owe Vince shit. I could have did whatever the fuck I wanted and be successful, man. Could have reviewed movies or a TV show. I could have fucking did music. I could have did fucking whiskey and alcohol. I would have, I would have had the same fucking audience, no matter what. It's about me. It's just a perk that I'm so fucking great at talking about professional wrestling. Johnny Slice. Thank you, brother. Latino 46 Heat with a $100 super chat. Like JD said, change will not be immediate. There's no question Triple H will put everything he has into this new chapter of WWE. JD, I've been watching since 2016. Thank you for your passion, integrity, and hard work. Cheers. Megan from Canada. Megan, thank you so much for the $100 Super Chat. I appreciate that very much, man. There's one thing I bring to the table, man. It's passion. I built this entire podcast on passion and wanting a better product, man. Not giving up. Being hopeful. All of that is now paid off, and now we are entering a new chapter, not only a new WWE chapter, but a new off-the-script chapter. Now the work really begins, man. I feel like we're entering that next phase. Dr. Buck with a 999 Super Chat. Was at MSG tonight and the entire arena stood and applauded or held up ones when he came out? During his match, everyone cheered his heel taunt and moves that used to get booed. Do you think he should turn face? I- I'm assuming you're talking about Roman. Um, I think you keep Roman the same way that he is now. You let that organically develop into what it's going to organically develop into. Ryan Paulson with a new membership. Jose Rodriguez with a new membership. Gentlemen, what are you drinking tonight, man? Shout out to Issa in the chat. My NYC Demon Diva. 813 Car Guy with a $20 Super Chat. I really hope they up the talent budget and resign the misused stars. Cross, Wyatt, Gargano, etc. Talked about this last night, Car Guy. I do think we see Cross back. I do think we see Wyatt back. I do think we see Gargano back. I do think we see Sasha and Naomi back. Bart Vikings, 23 with a 199 Super Chat. Do you think Vince was watching? New fan, thanks. Yes, I do. He has no say, but he was watching. Probably ended up fucking calling Triple H after the show is over, calling Stephanie after the show is over. You know what I would have done if I was Stephanie and Triple H? Let the fucking phone go to voicemail and leave those text messages on red. Saints 2025 with a three-month membership. Thank you, brother. Smoking a blunt for this legendary night. Cheers to you, man. Steph Morrison with a $20 super chat. Would love to see a Comic-Con press conference for a true reset. 
announcing pay-per-view specials, bring back King of the Ring, Money in the Bank on WrestleMania, have an NFL-like draft, including NXT call-ups. Every other pay-per-view, Raw SmackDown, once Triple H has enough talent. Bro, I'd love to see fucking pay-per-view press conferences, man. Media calls, media scrums, like Triple H used to do with NXT before and after the show. That's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see King of the Ring back as a pay-per-view. I'd get rid of the theme pay-per-views, bring back King of the Ring, make it a yearly thing, build it like the G1, have it take place on Raw and SmackDown, and bring importance to the weekly television shows with the NFL draft idea. Yes, I think the WWE draft should definitely be more sports-like in presentation, and it should include NXT call-ups. Survivor Series should mean something if you're going to do brand versus brand warfare. We've talked about this several times. We've talked about this several times. If you are the winning team, if you are the winning team at Survivor Series, you're going to have a title shot waiting for you or, or, or a, uh, an opportunity at a title shot. You, you, usually they, they do TLC in December, right? We've talked about this several times. If you are, say, for example, you're Monday Night Raw and you win the five-on-five Survivor Series match, you five guys get placed in a TLC ladder match, and the winner of that match gets a title shot at the Royal Rumble. That's what should be. You got to put some stakes on the line. Or if you want to even go a step further, have all of those guys be put in the TLC ladder match for a title shot at the Royal Rumble. The other four guys that don't win it, they get pick of the Royal Rumble between number 21 and 30. You got to give some incentive. If you're going to have brand versus brand warfare, you got to have some incentive. Or just bring fucking war games back to the main roster. Which is something that I feel Triple H would love to do anyway. Christy Wilson with a 199 Super Chat. More change is coming. I can feel it. Change is coming, Christy. Just be patient. Ransley Haynes with a... 499 Super Chat. Do you think VKM did anything to Trish Stratus that made her retire at the height of her career? Interesting to think about considering her six-year career. Probably. I would not put it past him. Killer Swag with a $5 Super Chat. MSG, the arena where Triple H got the loudest pop of his career in 2002, and now the arena where Triple H officially takes over WWE OTS for life. MGM Bolin went to Raw for free tonight. The crowd was really loud and the vibe was great. I was shocked how gr- how much I enjoyed it. Show was passable, Bolin. Very mid, but uh, I-, I was not expecting change on this show tonight. At all. Jake Carpenter with a $5 Super Chat. What's up, JD? Not a bad show tonight. A good amount of wrestling I'll take. A Cody's American Lager with a shot of Fireball. You got it, brother. Cheers. Nobody Epic with a 499 Super Chat. Hey, JD, this is CJ. 
My dad gave me your cameo. Just wanted to say thanks. CJ. Anytime, my brother. Anytime, man. Happy birthday, bro. And just for you, bro. There you go. That was for CJ, man. Happy birthday to CJ, bro. I appreciate you, man. Lena Scorpio with a $2 super chat. Yes, change finally coming. Watch Raw tonight, too. Awesome. Thank you, Lena Scorpio. James with a $5 super chat. I actually tuned into Raw tonight after having not watched the main roster episode in over seven years. And the segment with Roman and Theory was damn good. Andrea with a 499 Super Chat. To add on what I said earlier, the show wasn't too bad. Honestly, the vibe in the garden was really good. Can't wait for the Stephanie and Triple H era. Jedi Joker with a 15-month membership. Thank you, bro. Working so, I missed the review, but I'll watch it back later. Just wanted to say, here's to 14 months of top-tier entertainment. JD equals number one minimum. Bro, I expect number one minimum. And we deliver number one minimum every fucking night, man. Mike NY with a five dollar super chat. If Triple H hires Tully to help with NXT and Paul can help with Maine, that will be a game changer. I do find it funny how Tully Blanchard is not with AEW anymore, and now Triple H is back with WWE running shit. Maybe it's just a coincidence, man. Miguel Martinez with a 499 Super Chat. Will pay-per-views bring back the takeover feeling once again? Triple H takes over creative? I don't know, man. Nothing will be able to rival what he did with takeover, man. Nothing. You're never getting takeover back, ever. Lastly, who do you see being WWE Universal Champ in a year from now? Cody. Daniel Rodriguez with a 199 Super Chat. You think the Cruiserweight title will come back? No. Delron Utsi with a $2 Super Chat. So no more Becky having the spotlight. Hope not. I don't want Becky to have the spotlight anymore. We need new blood in there. New, fresh blood. Nikki Boy with a 499 Super Chat. Are you opposed to folding NXT and using SmackDown as a hybrid show of young new talent and veteran talent and have Raw be the main show? No. It's not a bad idea. It really isn't a bad idea, but I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think that's right for business. 
James with a $2 super chat. Daddy's gone. Roman. That was line of the night, man. I'm going to need you to analyze what's going on around here. Your daddy is gone. I'm telling you right now, man. I think after SummerSlam, I think after SummerSlam, we see two we see two call-ups. We see Solo Sokoa and we see Carmelo Hayes on the main roster. That's my prediction. We see Solo Sokoa and we see Carmelo Hayes on the main roster right after SummerSlam. Just a gut feeling. Maybe toxic attraction too. I don't know. We'll see. That'll invigorate some of the show, right? Anyway, guys. You made off the script tonight. Number one. Over Fightful. Over No IQ. Over Don Tony. Over the Solid Monster. And over everybody else in the community, man. I appreciate you guys very, very much for the overwhelming support that you constantly show to the podcast, man. You guys are awesome. Make sure you guys check out my sponsor, man. Seriously. I want them to stay on board with me, so I'm going to need you guys to show some support, man. Manscaped.com. You're going to use that code JerryDE. J-E-R-R-Y-D-E. 20% off. Free shipping. That performance package we unboxed on last night's show, man. It's tremendous. Follow me on Twitter. At JD from NY206 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. I'm going to need you guys to hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell. Continue to hit that join button because we're VIP only. VIP only chat on Sunday. And continue to hit that thumbs up, man. Any ideas on a new intro? The Visionary or $5 Super Chat? I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. I may have to record a new line or two. I may have to record a new line or two, man. And finally, guys, go check out OTS 437 last night on the homepage. I'm going to need two things from you guys, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Number two, I need those Mustang emojis as well, by the way. Guitar emojis and Mustang emojis from my VIPs because I know you got them. And number two, I'm going to need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night live. We'll be back at it again, man. Hopefully some of you join me tomorrow night. Brand new era with Triple H in charge. It's going to be very interesting with NXT, man. I'll be live tomorrow night after NXT right here on OTS. Until then, guys, enjoy your evenings. Enjoy Tuesdays, and I'll see you tomorrow night on OTS. I'll see you guys later.